Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers and this is... Dr. X. Oh gosh. Dr. X, how, how, uh, how was your weekend? You uh, did a lot of driving. My weekend, yeah. Um, I found out we went to the uh, Withville UFO Fest and I found out that uh, uh, I want to say as we talk weird, had the proud, proud distinction of being the farthest traveling attendees for this year's event. Ooh. Uh, yes. So we uh, we would drive 500 miles, and then we drove 500 more, and we got to uh, Wethel, Withville, Virginia, <laughs> and had an awesome time. But that is how much we believed in this community, this event, these people, uh, our fellow uh, weirdos. It was definitely worth it, definitely worth the trouble. And no one, uh, no one made more of an effort to be there this weekend than on Wednesdays. We talk weird. <laughs> more specifically, you, Pato. Well, I mean, I'm not. I it's there is no there is no me, and it's Doctor X. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Already, God damn it! I'll I never know. get it right, <laughs> dude. I so one of the things that I did on my way to get you, and then after after dropping you off, is I revisited some of our old shows and. Um, the two that I picked were the Smiley Face Killers episode and uh, the the Fringe Parenting episode. And both of those, like the running gag, is us trying to get used to the Dr. X moniker. Because what I, what, I, what I didn't realize, and when we did the recap on Patreon for the world's biggest dick guy, is that I forgot that the whole Dr. X thing was a response to that. Like, that's why I came up. It was that, and it was also my Snapchat had been, I, I kind of like accidentally doxed by some of my co-workers and um it was nothing terrible happened but i just realized that people were following me on twitter that should not have been following me on twitter and i kind of had a freak out and wanted to try to compartmentalize my life and uh it was the week after the uh that guy's show got pulled that we did the smiley face killers and that was when i rolled out the dr x thing so how do those old episodes hold up they're good it's funny it's like we have a lot of energy uh it's a lot of like um we don't do the news yet neither one of those we like had like a news segment the format was still kind of all over the place yeah you know what i mean and like the end of the parenting one like you asked me about my covid vaccine it was like really weird but like it was uh it, i mean it was definitely a lot looser but it was um it was good it was good stuff you know i think we weren't necessarily as polished but it wasn't you know better than demo recordings you know kind of like that rough first album the fans put out like it was cool you know, and I think that we're gonna. I'm gonna start pushing them on uh, on Twitter as part of like Throwback Thursdays and Wayback Wednesdays and Remember That Shit Mondays or whatever <laughs> fucking whatever the different like hashtags are. Like there's so, there's some there's some gold to be mined in them. Our hills, like Vanderbilt Mondays. My, yeah, which is post a picture of yourself from ten years ago. Which I we should talk shit about him this episode because this might be the one that he actually listens to. It might be in preparation for him coming on next week. <laughs> so, we'll see that's when yeah. that's when our, that's when we get the distinction of interviewing the man in the, with the second largest penis in the world <laughs> Mike Vanderbilt. That, uh... <laughs> interviewed by the man with the third largest penis in the world frank california so oh my gosh. the trilogy I, will be complete i think that uh you know i think that that our topics were, were still good you know i i agree i like the format of the show now we kind of have a i'd say for about the past year we've done pretty well with uh you know having our shit together but right a little more a little more structured but sure still not bad 
Yeah. Even like the first episodes of Ivy's a co-host, I tell people they're good episodes. You know, it's not that they're bad episodes. This is just a, a little bit of a different show than it is now. Oh, yeah. I used to listen to them. I mean, I, yeah. I don't go back and listen to them because I wasn't on them, but I listened to them when they first aired. And that was, you know, I liked it. It was good. It was good stuff. Yeah. So, I, I was I mean, a fan of the show before I was, I'm like Jason Newstead. That's why, I, that's why I have no problem wearing our merch out in public and stuff when we do the, when we do these events is because, uh, because you, because you've always been a band of the Yeah, band. I mean, it's like, it's like, if I was the bass player Metallica, it's the wear Metallica shirts. What the fuck? Why not? <laughs> so, how did you enjoy this week? How was your weekend? It was great. It was wonderful. Um, yeah, I mean, so we, you know, we did the uh, UFO festival thing in in Whizville. and um, no, it was really fantastic. It's actually the best event that I've um, participated in uh, mm-hmm. because we were we were sponsors for it, and of course, you know, we had a table for it. Um, you know, but it but it was great hearing people's stories and, um, you know, there, I mean, there weren't too, too many crazy people. Um, there were some, but, you know, <laughs> yes. I mean, they were all weird. You know, one thing that I noticed, well, and I have such a hard time and I just got apologize to just literally everybody that that has to help me run a booth because like I can't fucking sit still. Like I just get terrible at it. Yeah, I got a problem with that. It um, reminded me of my, my old days being a, just sitting behind the merch booth selling T-shirts and just. <laughs> playing on my phone you know whatever you know, it's all good. And, and it's hard because like people come up and like they, they they come up and they want to talk to you and you want to talk to them because that's why you're there but like also there's other people that you see and you're like oh i want to go talk to them and you know um it, it's just it's tough you know so I'll, you know i'd come back and hang out for a little bit and leave and then come back and then i didn't get to like hear everybody speak only got to hear one person speak and um but i also kind of don't like to like use my time at these events to sit in a chair and and listen to one person talk without any any engagement so you know i don't know um that part's strange but you know what i found interesting was that i you know i would walk around talk to people um i always do this thing where i'm like okay i need to go over the room and then i'll get tied up and maybe i'll get like two or three booths in and i and every single you know all two or three of those booths i'm spending you know 15 minutes talking to those people and then I'm like, shit, I got to get back to my booth. And then I'll go back. And then I'll, I, I never make it all the way around a room ever. And so, and usually when you go to one of these events, just as a, you know, somebody that's you know, just as a guest, um, you know, you walk around and you see what everybody has to offer. And then you walk around again to buy shit, you know? Right. And so I never make it around that second time ever. <laughs> I always feel bad because I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy that. And then I don't come back and buy it. So I, you know, <laughs> I apologize in advance for not spending enough money. Um, but I will not apologize for, for making some money. Um, but, <laughs> Which we actually, we did very well. Yeah. All right. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, but I will say that. Um, the show did not me. I, I grow, I gross no income from this fucking event. I just want to say that. No, and it really, I it. it all goes exactly. right back into doing more of these events because they're yeah. expensive. Um, yeah. You know, for now, anyway, at least until we sell out of everything, which we did have some things that we sold out on, but you know, until until we're you know until everybody's buying shit. Um, so of course, mm-hmm. buy more shit goes right back into the show. Um, but what I found interesting was that talking to all these people, the guests, even some of the vendors, a lot of people seem to be from from uh, Bristol, Virginia. So. Mm-hmm. What's up with you guys, man? Are, are you and I, you know, I, I eventually at the end of the night, I asked somebody. I was like, "What's up with you guys? Are you just got you guys just fucking weird because <laughs> you were all there." <laughs> and they just kind of laughed it off, and they were like, "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the spot. Maybe that's where we need to go to." 
um you know but anyway met a lot of cool people some of you probably listening to the show um are probably from bristol some of you <laughs> probably only just now heard of the show because of this event or whatever um so thank you for for checking the show out and uh listening in it was great to meet you guys and uh you know i'd love to hear more of your uh weirdo stories yeah i wanted to um you know when we did the event in marietta um i made that like that video of uh, where i shot some stuff and then edited it together and put an alkaline trio song on it threw it up on youtube and um i wanted to do a similar thing this time and i filmed about half as much as i wanted to my big takeaway from this this event was that we really should bring a third person with um because that way like i want to you know give a shout out to dan blue room uh insight show because uh he was like my de facto like cameraman right i'd be like come here film with me and then we would go and we would talk to some people and shoot some stuff but he had his own agenda he had his own shit going on so i mean nothing against him it was awesome meeting him we had an awesome time together uh i've sure, new, new friendship we're, we're we're new friendships were born we're snapchat buddies now but i uh you know he helped me out as much as he could but i really it would have been nice to have like a dedicated other person you know because like you're like you said like you're good like because you're kind of like a built-in booth girl to where people when you're around like people come over like gravitate just to like look at you and see what you're about and you know i'm good because like i could talk to people with shit but like you know sometimes i wanted to go like take a dump or get a walkie taco or like go film stuff and sometimes you want to wander around or you're getting harassed by people or you're seeing one of the speakers and it would just be nice to have like one other person there that you can be like all right well Ash, or, or me and you're gonna go film and then this person right. watches the booth or me and the other person go film and you watch the booth or whatever so I think definitely it's very hard to do that with with two people. I don't know how you would do it by yourself. You basically wouldn't. You know what I mean? Um, it would be it would be nigh impossible for a single person to run a booth for a six hour event. You know, for the bathroom breaks alone. But um, that was my big takeaway. It's probably probably next time we should form a little bit more of a posse and bring someone else with. And um, but yeah, it was a really good time. Real good time. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, I mean, as weird as it is, it's tough to convince people to go to these things, um, you know, and you would think that shouldn't be the case, but it is, for whatever reason it is. You know, you're not married to the booth. I'm, 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 I kind of have accepted that. I'm not married to the booth. And if I miss people, I miss people. If they really want to buy the shit or they really want to talk to me, they'll come back. Right. You know, and so I kind of, um, I don't know, like I said, I've kind of accepted that idea. Um, but then again, I've never worked it completely on my own either. So I don't know i'm not married you see the thing about like selling the t-shirts we were talking about this at when we went to the after party it was me and um the the one moth boy not matt but the other one Mike. and yeah and uh jeff and uh who is the you want to talk about the go to the convention fucking jeff greg what's up dude like <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh he was he was the vip in my eyes i love that man i'm so pissed you know what he was one of the guys that like i filmed a bunch of b-roll footage him and Danner, I filmed a bunch of B-roll footage of their booths because I had every intention of talking to them, except they always had people. They were always selling shit. Yeah. So it was like every time I shot a bunch of stuff with Danner's booth because he was right next to us. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to even said to him, like, hey, man, I'm going to go over and interview you at some point. I wasn't even going to fuck with him. I was him and Jeff. I was going to be totally straight with everyone else. I already had pre-planned bits where I could, like, screw with them on camera and see what they do. And but those two guys I was going to be totally legit with. And um. I never got a chance to go back and film because Jeff always had people up yeah. at his booth checking his stuff out, hopefully buying stuff. 
and same thing with Danner, like very popular, you know. I show, I, I went he I got my map, my updated hidden Ohio map, and uh because we're on it. And like I you know, that was really neat. So I got this I finally got to see it. I went over What do you mean? We're on the map as a um he's got like a section of like not sponsors, but people he advertises on the map and we're on there. Holy shit, I didn't even know that. You didn't <laughs> you didn't know that? Yeah. What, what a great what a beautiful man. Ah, I love Jeff Craig. He was like, he's like packing up. I was like helping him pack up because he, he gave me a ride to the brewery and for the after party. And I was like helping him pack up things, you know, to the best of my abilities. And um, he was like, he was like, oh, man, I wish I could find one of these carts. So we did. He found a cart. He got it off, you know, somebody. And he comes out with his cart and I'm outside and he's got his big old map. And only one of those doors of the double doors were open. And he's like, you know, looking like, how am I going to fit this through? And while I was kind of trying to figure that out everything tumbles off the cart and it felt so bad for him <laughs> and i'm over here in my short ass dress i can't bend over to pick nothing up <laughs> you, you could have i guess i could have yeah. chose not to which was but, fine um i you know i grabbed his map and, and helped him out and sure and then he was a trooper and you know he came and hung out with us at the at the after after party or they tried to anyway yeah um but i appreciate that he tried so yeah good times you know but, but. it totally it, it gave me what i was talking about what what i was talking with those dudes at the brewery oh, yeah, about, yeah, yeah. is that it kind of this whole like like movement or exercise or doing these conventions very much feels like what it was like to go play go on tour with a band because it's like look you're you're doing it to make fans you're going into these towns because you want because they're you're hoping that the locals come out and maybe you have fans in the area they're going to come out to see you specifically but when you're not when you're just starting out band you go on the road because you want to go to you want to go to venues where like okay this is this is the punk bar in toledo ohio we're going to play it and we're going to play with some other local bands and hopefully there's just people there. Right. And that's kind of what we did to this. This is why I drove from Chicago to Virginia is because we knew this would be a good event. We knew it would be filled with local people. And we actually ran into somebody from the area that act that was a, a fan in the wild. And believe me, I got a camera in her fucking face as quick as I could. But like, other than that, it was no, this was a way for us to take our product and to, to meet people in a network. And like the t shirt sales, yeah, like this is not like a, like we're not, I, I made a, a Twitter post about this that uh, people actually got a kick out of. But, you know, it's like you show up to these things, it's not like you're Gene Simmons from Kiss and you're like some like merchandising giant where like, oh, I'm going to sell all this stuff and we're millions of dollars on, on Wednesdays. So we talk weird coffins and, you know, it's like, you know, yeah, you sell a couple t shirts and, you know, a couple stickers. And hopefully, you know, but what I wanted to do more than anything else was to get the business cards in people's hands, right? With the QR code. So they could go home and they could scan it and they could listen to the podcast, right? Right. Listen to the podcast. That's why, like, when you go on towards a band, like, you just want to play music in front of people, have them like you, and then keep tabs on you. So hopefully the next time you come through town, they bring their, they, they bring their friends. And that is why, like, you go to these places and, and you go to these, go to these towns because, they're going to, you know, uh, these events all are kind of in smaller communities, but they bring out hundreds of people and yeah. those, and those hundreds of people that are interested in this stuff, they're hungry for content. You provide them with content and then hopefully, you know, they, they, they listen to the show, they tell their friends about it. Now you're like setting off these little, like planting these seeds on the road, you know? So 
It's yeah, worth it. It's you can't measure it in dollar amounts, you know what I mean, or anything like that, because it's that's not the way to look at it. You got to look at it in exposure, yeah. connections. How many people did you connect with? Be they other vendors or just or, or attendees? You know what I mean, audience members. And uh, yeah. I think that the artists do have to look at it in a money way, but they've got a different. They're selling a different brand. You know what I mean? And I don't blame them for that. Right? Um, no, no, no. I got it. Yeah. You know, for us, the money kind of comes later on down the line. It's just a step in that direction to. Mm-hmm you know, get there. And, and I agree, you know, sometimes the exposure is a lot more rich than the actual cash money because next time we do come out, they're going to be like, Oh, that's that show I heard about the last time. And they are going to buy a fucking t-shirt. So <laughs> you know, it's going to happen. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's a step. I mean, it's important. And then when they come and listen to the show, well, that's money right there. So, I mean, it, right. it, it all, you know, it, it's all, um, big, you know, moving parts that all lube each other up, you know? Uh, so and just so the state of Illinois is clear, I don't see any of it. <laughs> None of it. Just in case the state of Illinois is curious, yeah. Yeah, do not um, try to text me on this shit, motherfucker, because you will not find any of it traced back to me. I'm not paying child support on it either, so fuck you. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good event. I'm definitely definitely looking forward to doing it next year. Um, you know, oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I think it was such a good turnout. I mean, it really was. I really cannot say enough good about how well it went. Um, it was very, I mean, it was very steady the whole time. Lots of people came out. Nobody knows how many, um, but lots of people did. I and, heard a motherfucker drove all the way from Chicago to go to that fucking thing. Oh, did you? You heard that? I heard that. Yeah. yeah. That's what Robin was telling me. That's crazy. Wow. I know. That's, Who was that's... telling you that? Robin. Robin was telling you that? Well, well, if Robin said it, then we know. Right. Um, shout out to them shout out to robin and mr robin for <laughs> doing the event um i you know they they're great people uh, really i mean i just i absolutely adore robin and brian so i always have um but they they do uh they run mystic novelty co and they make all kinds of really neat stuff and usually um every event that they do not just that they host i think this is the first time they've ever hosted one and this has opened up a whole door of opportunities for them which is awesome because they deserve it um but every event that they vend at they have like an exclusive item and so far i have gotten that item every single time every single time this time it was the uh the coin which we got um but other times it's been other things that they i mean it's all kinds of stuff but my daughter actually uses their soap she's using the grafton monster soap now um, so anyway, check them out. They're wonderful people that deserve all the support in the world. Um, and there has been a, you know, weird uh, confusion over what Robin's husband's name is, kind of. Actually, there was confusion about what both of their names are. <laughs> but their names are Robin and Brian, for the record. That's what they are. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. For anybody else that was confused, because uh, I certainly was for a very long time. So, um Anyway. No, long, no longer an unsolved mystery. No longer an unsolved mystery. That I, is a case that we have officially solved. See, so, the, yeah. the truth is out there. You just gotta look for it. You just gotta sometimes approach people and just straight up ask them. Yeah. You know? What's your What's your name? What's your real name? <laughs> you know, I felt bad. I think Robin thought I didn't know her name at all, but I did. And I was like, "Hey, what the fuck are you guys' names?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I knew hers. And I knew Brian's, but I didn't know Brian's because somebody else had told me, did you know his name's not Brian, it's Will? And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) So it kicked off a whole mystery and I wasn't the only one because it was somebody else that approached me with it and they were confused. And then after talking to other people, we were all very confused. So I just, I just asked. I get it, dude. I got three different aliases I go under. I mean, it's cool to have secret identities. 
<laughs> I mean, whatever you got to do to sleep in. I made up a whole story that they're part of a witness protection program or they're on, sure. they're on the run from the law. Or, <laughs> I, I can't, no, I can't even, I can't even front. They're wonderful people. Um, but yeah, no, it's again, great event. Um, yeah, I'm excited to, to go again. It's definitely, there's definitely much needed for myself. Very soul cleansing. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to go back, but you know, we were there for a reason. Um, you know, there was a reason that this uh, event went down. But before we get there, um, anything else you want to say about the weekend, Pat? Um, whoop whoop. Oh my god! <laughs> I gotta, I gotta send you that playlist. Um, <laughs> you don't have to. No, I'm going to. <laughs> what? Then I'll, then I'll just feel obligated to listen to it. You're gonna have to listen to it. Yeah. We found out in the in the last stretch of our we so we drove together ten hours over the course of this weekend, and it was in the last hour, hour nine of our ten hours on the road together that I found out that Asher's was a juggalo back in the day, and had so many questions to ask her about the dark carnival, and she proselytized to me. She fucking I preached. I did. And and brought me the good word of. Uh, Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. And uh, I, I, I wanted. She promised me a playlist. You know, uh, I can't wait to hear it, and uh, hopefully, we get a show out of it at some point in the future. If you would want us to, if you would want to hear us to do a on Wednesday, we talk weird episode, or maybe even a Patreon episode about uh, Insane Cloud Posse. Let us know because I would be down for it. Um, and I don't, I don't, and you enjoy talking. You, you, your whole not that you were in a dour mood all weekend you were in a great mood but like you really taking that trip down memory lane really it was fun lit, lit a fire under your ass it was neat so. well i mean it's it, you know there's not a lot of people that like don't really know the lore of the juggalos you know what i mean a lot of people especially in this area like they know it you know right um, so it was it was, it was kind of it was neat to revisit that especially because it's something that i really hadn't thought about since i was like 12 um but you know as an adult you know I, I maybe kind of revisit sometimes and i kind of yeah, i was saying that i'm not even allowed to listen to him anymore just because of pure embarrassment and shame like you know? <laughs> well, reach out, uh, listeners reach out to us about that too because i growing up in chicago there there were icp was not as culturally relevant as it seems like it was for you growing up in central yeah. ohio it was definite and and i think maybe with our listeners kind of being scattered about the four winds maybe there's more people in my camp that for them regionally it wasn't significant either or maybe there's a lot of people in your camp that it was it was a big deal and they were really into them and they know about the the six joker cards or whatever and 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 you know it's just just chime in get it give us some feedback let us know how on how we should do the uh, icp thing yeah i mean you know it was really interesting you know because yeah that was shocking to me um that you know pat didn't really know about it and that it wasn't really a thing in chicago and like no definitely not i'm not saying there was no fans but like sure. not yeah well clearly there was there was the the gathering was held in illinois for like but five Peor- years but peoria is not peoria no, it was, it was in uh, cave and rock I don't know where that's at. I never looked that up. But just based on the locations for the other ones and the fact that it's like a camping thing, like you don't do that. Or, there's nothing. There's no venues that do that around around here. It's a, Illinois is a pretty big state. So like Chicago, Chicago. But if you see something in Illinois, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's in the vicinity of here. And um, just the one thing that's done in Peoria, that's like 
maybe the, it, it's a it's a small to mid-sized town that's like central illinois almost over by iowa and that's kind of like uh that's not very metropolitan you know and i think all of their all of the gathering locations would have to be kind of rural because that's where you're going to sure. get the, the the land for juggalos to gather on and i didn't that <laughs> you know what i mean where the soil could be oh. soak up the fago and the fucking and the sweat <laughs> oh my god i want i just oh i wish i could i, I wish i could i don't want to see it now because i feel like if i went now as a tourist there would be too many ironic people there i want to go to that in the heyday and just see what it was like no, I'm definitely down to go to the next gathering for sure. Like, right, that's I, what we were saying. We should get a booth at the next gathering. Yeah, fucking that's, on top of it. They got so we were actually we were looking at all the gatherings and they have some like really fucking incredible people on these things. Over Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Ice Cube two, to, two yeah. years in a row. Like Ice Cube went one year and said, Yeah, I'll come back and then came back the very next year. Like <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, obviously they're doing something right. You know, to- right. totally down for that. But but yeah, the question is, question of the day. Where are you from? And, and do you have juggalos there? You know, that's, right. that's the question. Their biggest fan base is going to be in Michigan because that's where they're from, Detroit. Right. And so I would imagine that the surrounding states do have a following, even though Illinois is there. I mean, it sounds like maybe not quite sh- the Chicago area, but other areas of Illinois. Um, you know, but, but yeah, that's the question. Where are you from? And are there juggalos there? Um, you know, where are you one? Are you still one? I don't know. You know, what are you? I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, we had like a whole conversation about it. I'm going to make Pato a, a playlist of ICP songs, and um, he's going to listen to it because Pato's heard like two of their songs. Yeah, Magnets and, uh, or no, Miracles is what it's called, but it's the fucking Magnets. How do they work songs? Yeah. And then um, Drug Little knows Homies. that one. Yeah. Drug Little Homies. knows that one, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like probably their two biggest songs that everybody knows, you know. So I'm going to make Pato a playlist and uh, he's going to get back to us next week and tell us what he thinks. Because I forgot all about that. <laughs> Glad you said something. Whoop, but, whoop. Oh, Jesus. Whoop, whoop. Uh, anything else you want to say about the weekend, the event, the drives? Uh, loved hanging out with the Blue Room Inside guys. Uh, yeah. Jeff Gregg's a goat. And, yeah. um, Glad to not be in the mountains anymore. Oh, that's Pato's so weird. He's a yeah. he's he's a flat he's a flat earther city townsman. I don't, I don't know. know. Trying to insult you, but it's not really working. It's hard to right. It's hard to find fucking shit to. It's hard to talk shit to me about stuff. I'm just that fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like your words fail you the english language crumbles i love the mountains i absolutely it's my favorite place in the entire world is, is the mountains i love it there no 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 hello does not but you know that's okay you don't live there so i don't either um okay well all i really have for the news this week was to bring up i just wanted to bring up this fucking dog man picture again oh my god did that thing explode holy shit that's like that's, uh, that is all over the place that is all fucking over the place now yeah well there's a reason for it um the reason for it is because the city of uh, um, amarillo amarillo i don't know what it is the city where allegedly this picture was taken at the zoo um had made a, had done a like a press conference about it and is asking is seeking the public's help and trying to identify what it could be not necessarily trying to identify it just they're kind of have i mean honestly they're kind of having fun with it. Yeah, that sounds a little fucking off. Like you're gonna, like you're really gonna open the doors for that now. Like, 
random internet weirdos with their fucking theories like yeah internet we need your help i mean and (laughs) even still like the city is coming off like oh this thing was spotted at our zoo blah 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 but my problem with that is that there's still no confirmation from the zoo itself that said that yes this is our picture this is our employee that took it you know this is what this is what it looks like during the day and this is what it looks like during the night like the zoo's never come forward and said yeah that's our picture it's Mm -hmm. just that people assume that that's the zoo it came from because the guy that originally spread this thing around the internet on reddit said that the, the guy who posted it originally is from this particular city and so it could potentially be from this city zoo but like people travel for work all the time i don't know where, where the you know near zoo is or whatever um aaron Dees from hey strangeness our buddy said that he was looking at the uh outside perimeter of the fence there at the zoo and it looks the same well it probably does i mean and, and probably every single zoo looks like that you know <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know you know i don't know how much there is to that um still don't know what the fuck it is i just think it's a person yeah i mean i i uh think it's definitely um a werewolf not a dog man i mean we settled that one but um why do you think it's a werewolf and not a dog man i don't know because i don't i don't know i mean did you see it transform no no i don't as much as i want it to be real i don't think it is just because of it it's it because it seems to be like it almost looks like a teenager like it doesn't seem to be very tall or muscular or anything kind of seems like a scrawny kid you know what i mean um i just i don't know i think i think it's interesting that it blew up and i like the fact that we had it we covered it on our show first i think it shows that like we're paying attention to the right stuff and sometimes these the the news part of the show seems like it could be a throwaway segment where we talk about one or two things we read on the internet but we actually do seem to have a, a finger on the pulse of what's going on out there because there was something else. Oh, the the um, sinkhole in China. Yeah, that story. That's one that I came up with that I brought to the attention of the that I brought to the show, and it blew up shortly thereafter. So we're kind of like two for two, two for two as far as our new segments go. That's really good. That's really encouraging to me. You know that we're covering the right stuff. So <laughs> what? Oh, Pat, uh, one of these days you're going to get that. Maybe I kind of know what I'm doing and what I'm well, talking. The, about. Hey, the sinkhole story I I found. Okay, so that's we. Let's use the royal we here. But uh, yeah, no, I just think uh, I just like I don't really care about the story itself. I just like the fact that we we had it first. Sure, that's all I give a shit about. And we'll have more, you know. Yeah, it'll it'll happen. But anyway, but that's all. You know, honestly, it's been slow. Otherwise, I mean, some other things came out. NASA has talked about how they're going to be looking into you know UFOs or whatever. And um, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's some mysterious spikes or some shit found on mars or something i mean you know nothing that was really that i really thought was too newsworthy this week so i kept it short and sweet i just wanted to bring up the fact that this yeah it's dog picture or whatever the fuck it is this person walking around at the zoo is blown up but i just want to again reiterate that there's still no proof that this came from that zoo still not yet now by the time you listen to this that could change you know, I'm not the end all be all information on all this stuff. Well, I kind of am, but, um, <laughs> you know, still the zoo hasn't claimed it until that happens. I, I can't even for sure say that that's where the picture came from, personally. Mm-hmm. You know, but, uh, you know, what's going to happen with it is uh, probably absolutely nothing. We'll probably never figure it out unless someone comes forward and says that they hoaxed it. We'll never know. We'll never know. And that's the final verdict on it. And that's fine. That's a lot of this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, well, going back into topic, I mean, the whole reason that we were um, in in with with Wool and doing this festival was because it was the 35th anniversary of a quote-unquote flap of UFO sightings that they had in, in and around the city of Withwell, Virginia. And uh, very interesting stuff. So one of the speakers there was uh, Danny Gordon, who was the original reporter who kind of all these sightings, not really centered around, but, you know, he was the man when it came to these sightings. Um, you know, Danny was just a regular reporter you know, just journalist, and uh, he would every morning call the local police off, you know, police office and see, hey, what's, you know, what's happening? That's what reporters do, um, you know, until one night in 1987 when he said, oh, well, something interesting happened. Five of our police officers were at, I think it was, it's Fort Chiswell, and they saw a UFO, just a uh, light in the sky, uh, uh, oscillating between red and green, and, and then it took off. And Danny decided to go ahead and run the report, uh, you know, just as a little filler story. It wasn't supposed to be anything intense. And that story fucking blew up. Pat, have you ever heard of, of With Will and their UFO stuff before? No, not not prior to, you know, yeah. the event. Yeah. Me, me neither, actually. Um, wasn't really familiar with it at all. And, uh, yeah, so the story completely just blew, just got huge. And people were calling all the time reporting this stuff to danny saying hey i just saw a ufo hey i just saw a ufo in a very short amount of time there were over 1500 sightings of ufos in the area i mean it was to the point where there was and it was happening in this one particular part of town and you could like take the family i mean every night people would take their families and go watch the skies and they'd see them constantly mm -hmm. So Danny um, got, got one of his friends together and he was like, hey, let's go catch a picture on one of these things, you know, since we can. And they did. They, they gathered themselves up. They went out to the town um, and, you know, they to that area and they were looking. And they saw the UFO, but for some reason didn't get a picture. It's not really clear why they didn't get a picture of it, um, but, but they didn't. So then they decided to go out the next night and do it again, and they did, and this time they got pictures, and it wasn't anything impressive. They're just like streaks in the sky, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, but, you know, Danny, of course, thought this was huge because he had been working on this, and, you know, it was a big old case, and so he was like, I'm going to hold a press conference about it, but the night before the press conference, he received a phone call from somebody who claimed that the CIA and federal government were interested in these UFO sightings. And then he had also received other phone calls um, that told him not to investigate the sightings because they had to do with the government. So, of course, Danny went ahead and, and went, you know, he was just like, okay, whatever, went ahead with his press conference. And when he came home from that press conference, he had found that his home had been ransacked. Nothing was taken, but everything was really disheveled and out of place, at least nothing he could see. So, you know, he was kind of getting weirded out by it all. So he had contacted the Pentagon and got a hold of the defense team there. And uh, <laughs> he and he told them about what was going on. And they had said, and this is according to Danny, they had said that the Pentagon was aware of the sightings, but they weren't doing anything about it because they didn't think it was a threat, which actually is pretty 
you know, on point with, you know, things that have happened up till this point with UFOs. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they said that in Project Blue Book, you know, they stopped investigating them and funding them because it wasn't really a threat. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of, um, you know, where we are right now. Let me see here. What else to happen to Mr. Danny Gordon? Tons of stuff. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. So one night, Danny is getting ready to travel to Virginia Beach to, you know, give a talk about these UFO sightings. And he received another weird phone call. Uh, this time it was from allegedly a retired military intelligence officer, he said. And the officer got really weird. And like, at the, before he even said anything, at the start of the conversation, he told Danny, record this conversation. Record this. Are you recording this? And Danny's like, why? Why do you want me to record it? He was like, because I want proof. And, and you know, that I forewarned you that we talked about this. And, you know, I don't want it to be on me if something happens. And he's like, okay. So the guy went on to say um, that he had also been investigating UFOs. And that because of his investigation, somehow the government killed his son by giving him leukemia or a virus or something associated with the leukemia and he died. Wow. He said that this was going to happen to this, you know, was probably going to happen to Danny because the government didn't want him researching this. Um, And, you know, he said that this could potentially happen in the form of, of chemical warfare, maybe something happening to his children. Um, and it was interesting. So Danny's like, yeah, 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 whatever. I'm getting all these weird phone calls. Fuck you, guy. And uh, he goes to his Virginia Beach conference or whatever. But during, even though he was there and he was fine, he ended up being okay. That area, that Virginia Beach area, ended up having a hepatitis epidemic. <laughs> from like the water or from like fucking? I have no idea. Oh my God. Who knows? But Danny didn't get it. He was fine. You know? um you know he ended up being okay so you know there was that there's an old raver's tale about a a foam party that was thrown in the early 2000s where um about a half dozen people got herpes from the foam from the foam itself yeah yeah i don't know like i said it's an old raver's tale in chicago i don't know how how true it is but i remember hearing about it and supposedly there was a huge outbreak because of uh a foam party so kids watch out for those foam parties well, okay. Well, yeah. interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah. And then uh, there was an instance where Danny had um, he had some visitors come to his house, a couple guys in some suits, said that they were from a, a newspaper and they wanted to do an interview with them. And so they did. The, the one guy sat down and interviewed him for about 45 minutes while the other guy walked around the house and took pictures of everything. Um, and, you know, they were, they were leaving. They were told him, you know, hey, we'll send you a copy of the newspaper article and it comes out and blah, blah, blah. Well, when it when he never received it, um, he did eventually call the publication they claimed to be from. And when he did that, the people there said there was no men by that name that worked there for them. Sure. Nobody knew who they were. So then he had sat down to start cataloging his because um, at that point there was tons of pictures people had coming in. And he had his own, whatever. And he found that the negatives for his um, I'm sorry, I totally skipped over this part. Danny did eventually take better UFO photographs. Um, he was with his his wife and kids. They were coming out of the mall. And when they did that, um, there was a sighting of this, this big UFO in the sky that ended up breaking apart into four smaller UFOs. And then those smaller UFOs would, like, change shape and shit. And so Danny took pictures of these. And, um, you know, and, and he's got them. And you can view them. They're easy to find online. 
Um, but yeah, so one day he's going through his photos and he found out the negatives to those photos were missing. He has no idea where they were. You know, he had often wondered if it was maybe possibly because um, there was something in the photos otherwise that maybe he didn't see or couldn't see just with the naked eye and they needed to be analyzed more. But now you can't do that because the negatives are gone. Um, you know, nobody knows. Uh, but Danny, around 1990, ended up collapsing and having a heart attack uh, due to ex exhaustion. Um, and it was, you know, he believes directly related to this UFO thing because he couldn't even do his regular work. He was so bogged down with all the UFO stuff. I mean, that was all that was coming in. It was coming constantly. Um, you know, he collapsed with a heart attack and hasn't investigated it ever since then and doesn't plan to do it ever again. As a matter of fact, while he was speaking at this event, he said this was the last event he'll ever do. He's not doing it anymore. So. Yeah. And uh, the UFO sightings just kind of waned down and, you know, they kind of stopped and, you know, now they're not really, you know, at least it doesn't seem to be happening like it was. Um, you know, you can't go to that spot and search the sky and see a UFO anymore like you could every night of the week before. So. Definitely didn't happen when we were out there. We were no, there for I didn't see any UFOs. Two days into the wee hours of the morning, parking yeah. lot drinking. Um, what's interesting about this story, though, is that there's nothing, I mean, besides the behavior of the, some of the craft. Uh, it's all very terrestrial. It's all very, uh, there's no, there's no aliens in any of this. It's just craft and, and government, uh, shenanigans, which I think is interesting. Um, you know, maybe it's a hot spot. Maybe it was because they were doing, they were testing aircraft in that vicinity in the mountains. You know, maybe there's a mountain base, maybe there's something about that area, but, um, you know, you don't, for that many sightings, you don't have an equal report of that many abductions or, or creatures spotted in the hills or wandering into town or, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just strictly flyover country for them, you know? And uh, I think that's interesting when you have paranormal hotspots, when it's one specific kind, you know, it's, sure. not really, it's not really a whole like mess of stuff. It's just craft in the sky. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, the government eventually, you know, said that the only thing people were seeing, because people were reporting seeing not just like one type of craft. I mean, it was all kinds, all kinds of shapes and types and sizes. And some people did, you know, allege to have seen aliens through, you know, the glass windows of these things. And who knows oh. if they could or couldn't. Yeah, some people did report that. Um, it, you know, it just depends. When you have over 1,500 reports, you're going to get this wide variety. Sure. Um, you know, but the government, you know, and, and that's what, you know, Danny Gordon thought that maybe this was just a case of the government doing, um, you know, military testing on different aircraft because there wasn't a nearby base and that could, you know, potentially be something, um, you know, but they never admitted to that, constantly denied it. They said what it was people were seeing were, were um, planes fueling and that was it. Yeah. Which I mean, weird. Even like the men in black that he saw, those men in black were clearly government agents. There's they were weren't like transdimensional beings wearing fucking uh, suits. Like human yeah, suit. I mean, he spoke to him for forty five minutes. I think he right. would, I mean, noticed that something was really off. Yeah, those don't sound like lizard people incognito. Those sounds like those sound like fucking G men. You know, that's what I mean. This, this whole thing, I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying that I doubt it or or doubt anybody's story. But it's got a very terrestrial kind of classic UFO government cover-up 
feel to it. It doesn't feel like there's dragon lines involved or, or portal. It's not like Skinwalker Ranch type shit. You know what I mean? It's just, it was a UFO flap and a lot of people were seeing a lot of shit and the government tried to keep it quiet a little bit, but they weren't willing to kill a reporter over it. So they might've fucked with them a little bit and then the shit died down, you know? I mean, I don't know. It certainly could have been, you know, alien. I mean, we don't know, you know, um, one thing that maybe we should talk about one of these times and do a show about is the SETI satellite in West Virginia. Um, you know, and I don't know if you know much about SETI or, but I will enlighten you and listeners. Um, SETI is a project that was, um, put in place by, uh, oh my God, Carl Sagan and somebody else. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm kicking myself. It doesn't matter. Um, the whole point of it was to make contact with aliens Mm -hmm. and the SETI program is still around. Um, and there are two SETI satellites, uh, you know, two big SETI satellites, um, one place in West Virginia, the other one I believe is in California. And um, the West Virginia one, I believe, is still there. I think we've, like, talked about it. I think it was damaged recently, and they were talking about not having it around anymore or something. Anyway, um, so when we were driving down to Whitville, most of our drive was just straight through to West Virginia. And then... When we got to Virginia, I mean, it was probably an hour and we were where we needed to go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's all right there, you know, with each other. And the SETI satellite, I believe, is probably within a two-hour distance from from that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's very possible that maybe those two things are connected. Maybe they're not, you know. Um, maybe they did finally make contact with something. That something was curious. It was kind of checking us out. And then it left. I don't personally believe in, in UFO flaps. I don't think that's real. Well, I think if if you think that this stuff is location based because of energy or portals or or something tied to the land itself, then no, flaps wouldn't make sense because the land doesn't go anywhere. You right. know what I mean? The land is always there, so it, it would make sense that this stuff happened as in, as early as history is recorded. There should have been sightings, and there should have been evidence of this stuff. When you have something that just kind of appears over the course of six months and then kind of immediately stops that tends to lend itself to more of a, a man-made explanation, right? That's why, that's why it was temporary is because we were testing aircraft in that area. The, the press got a hold of it. It got too hot. There was too many pictures and we decided to move the operation somewhere else because, you know, this was only going to grow from here. You know, um, that's the way I, that's the way I look at it. People might not agree with me, but that's my uh hot take sure and i mean you know i like i said i personally i just i don't buy into the idea of flaps um you know i see people especially newer people when they get into you know investigating this stuff they're like oh man the 1960s were really weird time there's all the stuff going on right and i used to think that too you know i used to think that um as a matter of fact my my original theory for what all this was was that i believed that if you had built a timeline from roswell until now that the roswell ship that crashed it was it had contained you know possibly that 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 ship was from a a extraterrestrial project where maybe they were going around collecting dna from different planets and different creatures who knows why and then when it crashed it had all these dna samples and when we picked up that roswell um crash stuff and we took it back that's what we learned it was and then we started reverse engineering DNA and then dropping off these creatures in super remote areas that nobody was really going to and seeing how they did. 
that's why you had the Mothman in the TNT area in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, because nobody's going to believe a fucking a bunch of fucking hilljacks anyway. And the government already owned that land. You know, that that was my theory. And I have since found out that that's just not the case. I don't believe that that's like, because Mothman's always been here. And that's why I found out since then, you know, just like I found out that it wasn't just the 1960s. That was weird. <laughs> it was it's everywhere. It's, it's the 1950s and the 40s and 30s. These things have always been around always and i think that it just depends on if you have somebody at that point in time who is willing to investigate this stuff so you had somebody people finally had someone to go to to tell their sighting to they had danny gordon right right i think you you make an excellent point and this story is an excellent example of proving your point right is that when he reported the you know it started with those officers at the fort seeing something and 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 the sheriff telling the reporter about it in the morning now that sh- that sheriff didn't call the reporter the reporter happened to call the sheriff and that's how the story got out and once that story got out and got got you know published in the press then that started a snowball of everybody else in the er- area reporting their own sightings talking about things they had already seen those sightings were were going on before that day before those cops came forward right. when their story got out and it's not even like they came forward like they were whistleblowers it just happened to be the information flew from flowed from one source to the next but there was still other stuff in the area where people were seeing stuff and danny was a native of that area so it's not like he was some out-of-town guy that had just moved in town. He had lived there. He had never seen anything or known anything about it or, or given any great thought, even though there were still people in that area that were seeing stuff semi-regularly. You know what I mean? So that's what you're saying about flaps is that I think suddenly the spotlight will get shown on a, a community or a part of the country or, a, you know, and then that, like, I remember there being a, a big Florida thing in the... uh 80s or early 90s that was the first flap that i remember and it was uh it was all over sightings and unsolved mysteries and they were talking about it constantly and you know it was there for a little while and and goes away but now i mean knowing what we know about uh the unidentified submersible objects and stuff like that wasn't necessarily particular to that time or area that those are reported fairly regularly, and a lot right. of the the UAP footage all came from the Navy. The the the, right. the stuff that kind of led to this current round of disclosure came from the Navy, came from USOs, you know. So yeah, it's the the whole flap thing is kind of relative. It's just when you wanna when you wanna limit your search query to, you know what I mean? When's the beginning right. date? When's the end date? But I, I mean, want... it's easy to do. I mean, and we can look at that, you know, with anything. I mean, when you look at the Mothman stuff, well, the reason why it was reported so heavily around that time is because John Keel was there investigating it. <laughs> like, that's why. And they had somebody to go to. And, you know, and I think that, you know, the amount of people that don't come forward with their stories, because listen, let me ask you something. If you see something, who do you report it to? Do you know who to report it to? We've talked about this before. Do you, you know, who are you going to call? You know, especially in this day and age when there's so many of us working on this and and the age of the Internet and, you know, you could report it to me or you can report it to, you know, our good friend Tobias Whalen or you can report. There's so many people that you can report these things to. Now, um, there's not a really good database for this stuff. 
And there never has been, and that's been the problem, especially right. back before you had the internet. So then you had these isolated researchers, um, you know, going out, you had Charles Fort going out by himself, but nobody knows who the fuck that is even now, you know, <laughs> unless you're really weird, then you know who it is. Um, you know, so it's, you just get these people that, you know, happen to kind of start, you know, picking up some steam and maybe a certain area. And then you get all these people that report this one thing to them. And, and it's not necessarily that it dies. It's just that, you know, it becomes not so popular anymore. Just like we see every single day in, in media and social media trends. It's not trendy anymore. Um, so then it kind of dies down and then the information get, gets lost on where you even report that shit to. So you don't. You never do. Maybe you talk about that UFO that you saw in passing with your friends one night when you're outside a hotel parking lot drinking beers or whatever. You know, but... I, I don't believe in the concept of flaps. I don't think that these things, I think that these things do happen demographically. I think they do happen in certain areas more so than other areas, but I don't believe that they happen within a particular time period. I think when it comes to, you know, it, I, I think we have very incomplete data and I could say this about a lot of different things. And, you know, we don't, like you said, no one's keeping, no one's keeping accurate records here. And, um, so how can you, how can you claim to be use data to really discern anything because the data that you have is incomplete, you know? So same thing goes with UFO flaps to fucking, you know, the history of the early history of mankind. There's so many things we really didn't start recording this shit with any great, you know, uh, accuracy until the past hundred years. Right. And even, exactly. even then things vary. Right. You know, um, and I always think about that whenever they do like talk about temperatures or something like the weather, like how long do you think we've really been recording the weather on this fucking planet? And I know people say, well, the Egyptians kept records of, oh, okay. Yeah. But what's that? That's a picture that means that it fucking rained that year. Like, you know, that's not really accurate. Not like we do now where we can look at like, historical and this isn't not a climate change denier or anything like that but i'm just saying like i feel like we you know science is science still ain't a science exactly you know uh we've only really been recording things with any great accuracy in the past 50 to 100 years and that's even kind of debatable so right i agree no i agree um you know and and that's why i pushed like I want people to have specialties in this field. I think that that's a really good idea. Nobody's an expert on anything when it comes to the unexplained, but but I think that you should specialize in certain things because it's going to make it easier for you as an investigator, as a researcher, to compile the information because your mind isn't all over the place trying to investigate everything, right? Your specialty is that one thing. And so, therefore, you're going to have the most information, you know, and then I think that then it's easier for us to then carry that information with us through time and then also share it with each other. Um, you know, I'm right. a big I'm a big believer in that. So if there are if there are things that I receive, certain reports that I receive, and I don't you know particularly feel like I specialize in that thing, I'll send it over to somebody else. Doesn't mean that I won't take reports and investigate those things also because I will. But I want that person who you know I I want that person who's that person to have that information. I want them to be a Danny Gordon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because yeah, I think that that's kind of the best way to go about it. And then, you know, of course, solidify your role in the field. Um, but then, of course, that's my pipe dream. And it takes all of us to work together to do that. And I, I don't I still think there's a lot of us that aren't on the same page there even. You know, um, but he, even then, the most that he could claim is to be an expert from 
one town that's 10 miles away from Chicago. Sure. That during the period of when he started looking and when he stopped looking. Sure. And there's a whole sea of data conceivably from before those before when he started and after when he stopped and you know it's like that's that's what i mean there's not it, it takes a thousand monkeys at typewriters in a room to like come up with anything you know one one guy kind of studying one little piece of the puzzle over here and another chick studying another little piece of the puzzle over there they're never going to come up with any kind of definitive picture and that's probably why it's been all these years and we still don't really know what's going on is because there has not been coherent research and i mean or cohesive research and maybe that's why the government shows up and, and tries to steal evidence and stuff like when they stole those negatives maybe they did that to destroy him and destroy proof or maybe they stole negatives because they needed it for themselves when when the men in black show up and you know someone finds physical evidence of something and they take it or they you know is it to destroy it or is it because no they're trying to do their own investigation here right you know Right, which is great. I mean, well, and like I said, yeah, the only way to do that is to then have those little people studying their little things. Because, again, Danny Gordon was studying this one, you're right, this one tiny piece of the puzzle, and it brought the man to a heart attack. You know, that's how overwhelming this shit is. It is. It's very overwhelming. And, you know, but then, you know, he needs to take that research and then share it with somebody else. And then we could put, we need teams. We need teams of people to do this. And we need those people to be on the same page. But the more cooks that you get in the kitchen you know the the worst that the stew ends up right i mean then you kind of got a, a a pot of everything and it's still not really going anywhere but you need everybody on the same page and you know at, at minimum am i going to see stuff like that in my lifetime i already have people that i work with with things personally but we're still a very small group compared to the big picture but i would hope that by the time i die people kind of start to understand that you have to work together stop hating each other and being mad at each other because you have one opinion and they have another on what these things are i mean that's just stupid anyway <laughs> but <laughs> you know and it just shows that we still haven't really come that far you know this far yet because we're still fucking fighting over the internet about if werewolves and dogmen are the same or whatever you know <laughs> right <laughs> they're different you know and um well, it's okay to have your opinion and, of course, share why you think the way you do and for that person that you shared it with to disagree with you or whatever. I mean, it's got to, it's got to start and stop there. You got to be mature enough to go, you know what, I'm, you got to remember why you do it. And the reason why you're doing it is because you want the truth. And if that's what you want, then you need to put that petty shit aside and work with each other. And that's just the only way we're going to get anywhere. And until that happens, we'll never Yeah, know. Yeah, and, and I mean – this guy was lucky enough to have this kind of be his job. Like, I think this was one of the rare instances where he was probably actually being paid to be a UFO researcher. Cause he just had happened to dovetail on what he was doing for a living. Anyway, most yeah. people, most people don't have that luxury. It's something they do on sure. the side and it's something they've kind of pick up and put down. This guy was in a position where it could kind of take over his life and it did and it, it ruined it. And, and now he's done talking about it forever yeah you know um and i think there's yeah it's uh i mean it's a, not not i think when you get to the nuts and bolts of the case it's a little depressing you know um sure. because it kind of like it doesn't bode well for the other people in the field that yeah that kind of do this but i think it also you know just tying it back to the event and you know a great pr point that you brought up earlier from the event and something we've talked about on the way the way home is like you know, different people were all kind of interested in this stuff. 
and I'll use the word stuff because it's a, a great nondescript word, but sure. we're all interested in this stuff, but we all come to this stuff to do different things. Some people come to this stuff because they want to create artwork. And like, like you said, those people have a very different agenda when they go to these conventions. Um, you know, you, you say it all the time. You're not a paranormal, you're not a podcaster, you're an investigator, you know, and I, I am not an investigator. I'm a podcaster, you know? <laughs> And, and so our, our, our collaboration works well together. We create good content, but it's, you kind of do your thing and I kind of do mine. And roles, right. We talked about that too. Yeah. And like, and I think this is, this just shows, and I think this phenomenon is, is, is not necessarily, uh, it's not like the Skinwalker Ranch phenomenon. This I think has, has a more, um, there's more terrestrial explanation to it. I'm not saying that it couldn't be craft from outer space or from the future, from another dimension or something like that. But I think that, you know, there's a lot, there's a very heavy government involvement to aspect to the story. You know, um, you, there's more of a government presence here than there was Skinwalker Ranch. You know, that was just cattle barons and r- reality TV show personalities. Sure. Uh, this is reporters and, and men in black and, and stuff like that. So I, uh, before I forget to mention it, I gosh, it's a very important piece to this. I was really excited to talk about, um, because when I do these, these episodes, other people, especially this week are, are doing this case because of the event. Sure. Right. Um, and, and I kind of talk about like when we do something, whenever we do a topic that's been done to death, you know, I, I like to add something new and this is that something new and, and, and fresh that nobody talks about. At the brewery, people came to the after party that had attended the event, not vended the event, but attended the event. Right. And I, I got to hear what the townspeople were saying. The townspeople loved that we were doing this. We're absolutely in love with the idea because they didn't have things like this there. And, you know, I kind of asked them, like, well, what's the word on the street? Did you guys grow up hearing these stories? I mean, what, you know, what, what do you guys talk about here? And, uh, you know, they were saying, well, yeah, the one guy was saying that. You know, when we grew up, we all just just thought Danny Gordon was nuts. I mean, everybody made fun of him, you know. And this wasn't like somebody that just kind of heard about it. Like, this guy went to school with and was classmates with Danny Gordon's daughter. His best friend ended up marrying her. And he name-dropped her by first name, told me where she works, (laughs) all this and that. And, you know, but the talk of the town was that he was just crazy. And... You know, and, and he was saying that he felt bad because after listening to him talk and, you know, kind of getting wrapped up into the community and stuff like that, he kind of realized, well, maybe there was something to this, you know, and and that's I mean, that was a really interesting perspective to get of the townspeople when it comes to Nanny Gordon and what he experienced. I think 1000 percent it was genuine. I think he saw those lights in the sky. I think that he got those reports all the time. And I think those people saw that shit, too. I just don't think that there, I mean, it doesn't matter now. It happened. It's a thing that happened and it's not happening now. So there's really nothing to investigate any longer. Mm -hmm. You know, does it matter where it happened in the time period? Sure. I guess we could catalog that and put it down just in case we need it somewhere. But I don't think necessarily even knowing about it is going to do anything for us. Again, unless somebody comes out, unless the government comes out and goes, yeah, that was us. We were tested military craft or you know, unless the aliens come down and go, yeah, that was us. We were just checking you guys out. We, we just won't know, um, you know, but but I do think that it it's genuine. I think it did happen. Can't tell you if it was alien craft or not. Could have been military. I don't know. Um, I wasn't there. I was born in 91. <laughs> so. Well, I was born in 81 and, and 100. Still don't know. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good 500, 600 miles away. Sure. So, 
sure. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting story. Um, you know, again, I'm definitely looking forward to attending the event again. I, I think it was a great time and with great people and a great energy. Um, right. But I don't think we'll see lights in the sky over there anytime soon. Yeah. But if you do, and if you're in Withville or around that area and you see them, call us and tell us about it. 773-59-WEIRD. That's 773-59-WEIRD. <laughs> Pato, anything else uh, before you got to go take cover? Whoop, whoop. All right. Well, with that being said, guys, we'll see you back here next Wednesday.